Has anyone ever inspired you to create a more fulfilling and successful life for yourself? As a leader in your business and in your community, what are the questions that you ask yourself on a daily basis? What are the questions that keep you up at night? I am your host, Betty Collins. I am a CPA. I'm a business owner. And I partner with other women, other business owners, who want to have remarkable results for themselves and for their business and their community. And I'm here to help inspire you to take positive steps forward for a better life. So over the next 12 episodes and this season, we're going to focus on lessons learned. We're going to hear from other women who have learned lessons and they're going to share with you. You know why? Because it's the right thing to do to help you navigate maybe similar situations that you're in. And I hope to challenge you that you have lessons learned in your journey that other women need to hear. Never underestimate that part of your life and that story because it will have impact. In my opinion, we're obligated to share those life lessons. In my opinion, we have a responsibility to each other, woman to woman or women to men. But I really believe what we've learned in our lessons over our journey are impactful and they need to be part of how you give back and how you help others. All right, so without further ado, everyone give it up for oh, the so many of you were supportive to me in this venture that I decided to take called running an election. And some of you have been, I know Jim McGregor and Nancy, you guys have had how many elections that you've run for all these years. I couldn't imagine doing it. How many? 23. 23 elections. I mean, that's just huge. And part of the reason I decided to do... Um, this, not just today, but with my podcast, is my mother the next day. So we had a party at um, Baron Boar in Gehanna, and um, my husband goes, well, didn't you bring anybody to be here? I'm like, if I lose, I don't want anybody here, you know, And because um, I just had no idea really what to expect, honestly. But my mom the next day was, she had got on to, to find out what this, this stuff was. And so she says, how are, how are you doing today? And I said, you know, I'm actually, there's, a, there's some of it a little bit of relief because it was going to be a big task to take on. And she said, well, you know, and this is my mom, she's 86. And people that old can say what they want, right? She said, um, you're not really used to losing, let alone coming in last. <laughs> I went, wow, you know, but that kind of did stick with me. And I thought, you know, I'm not going to waste the opportunity of what did I learn from doing this? And I jumped into this and it was kind of just, I can't believe I jumped in really. Um, and did it. And then I thought there's so many lessons in doing something like this that you can apply it to business or whatever. And, and 24 could, you know, hopefully I can pull out some things that these are just things I learned along the way that I should know already, right? We always know this kind of stuff until it hits you. You're like, wow. Um, so I would love if anyone had questions because we are going to put some of this on social media because my, my podcast this year is going to be the theme is lessons learned and kind of deriving from this. But does anyone have any questions about an, you know, just what, what Gehanna went through or what I went through? Mary Held. So I was thinking today, I was comparing and contrasting what you're saying versus somebody who was coaching today. Yeah. And um, she's going through a tough time and she's blaming everybody 
around her for creating the situation. Yeah. I didn't hear that once from you. No. You're taking responsibility for what happened. What is it within you, your mindset, your values that allows you to say, I could have done better versus blaming everybody but taking responsibility? First and foremost, I chose to do this task. I chose it. I'm going to own it. Whether, Because believe me, if I would have won, I would have... Thank you. <laughs> but I lost. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, I chose to do this. Nobody, nobody made me. Nobody paid me. Nobody said these are our expectations of you or anything. I mean, it was my deal from the beginning. And when you do sit and look back and you go, you walked away from doors, you would have rather just put something on there, you, you know, those type of things. You have to own that. So to me, it, I, I just think you own anything. You're, you're better off owning it and going. That's my opinion. And then you can go forward a lot quicker. And I, I don't want to live in anger and bitterness and all that stuff. So, other questions? Yes, Matt. When did you, uh, when, how, how old were you? When did you learn about locus of control and which is what you're talking about? What, what can I control versus the external controls, things, things out there? And uh, what, how did you learn that in life? Who taught you? Where did you pick that up? Right. So my mom and dad probably would be where it starts, of course. Right. And so they are people who said, number one, you're 14 and you need to get a job. Here's a work permit because in four years you're going to go to college and it takes money. So right from the beginning, you owned it. You were in it. It was going to be yours. And because someday you're going to need to provide, you're going to need to, and you're going to need success in your life if you want it. And you're going to have to pursue it. And it is all on you, period. And so I think that upbringing was part of why I still look and go, I can control this. I cannot control this. This is the things I can do. This is the things I can't do. And even if I try to control it all and do it all, and I did everything right and blah, blah, and I tried, you know, Betty Clark, the next day, she goes, you tried. I go, I don't want to hear about how I tried. Um, I, I think you, you, you know, you have to look at the, the, the environment you're in. You have to look at the environment we're in as a country, as a community. And, and I can only control so much of it, but that's just how I was raised, you know? So, yeah, Cynthia. So do you think that part of the loss was based upon a lot of the left coming out to vote because of the issues and then also voting the slate card? I do. I do. Um, timing. It was not a year to run member at large first race in a very year of emotional, very big emotional things. Um, Republicans do the same thing. I mean, we all we do this. Here's the slate card. Here's the slate card. I'm a Republican. I'm not even going to try. I had people literally when I did have conversations. Are you a Republican? Yes, but this is a nonpartisan race. Um, I, I'll vote for you. Do you know? Do you want to know something about me? Do you do you want to look at this? And we are not engaged enough now to do that. It was very rare that Sid had, you know, four signs in her yard that were completely different. You know, I, and I look at the city, and it's a city full of every kind of, of political party. So it's to me the balance needs to be there so that the city is represented. My views are not everyone's views. The left's views, though, are not everyone's views. I don't really even consider, I, I don't even get that involved in am I Republican or not. 
I'm just a common sense, and I am conservative. So <clears throat> I hardly had a person ask me, though, if I was a Republican or a Democrat. I, I hardly had people do that. But it was always amazing to me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're a Republican. Oh, yeah, that's what I do. Versus, do you know me? <laughs> and so, but I do think it was the environment. I think there was a lot about the environment about it. Um, and at the end of the day, Gahanna chose. And you have to respect that. You have to go, they chose. You don't have to like it, but that's who voted and that's what they chose. And it's not for me to decide. Um, I think there's better ways to do things. I think there's better issues to be dealing with. But the constituents didn't. So, but yeah, I do think that. Now, going back to that, <coughs> somebody had called me and they, they talked to me about running for something. I said, until somebody gives me real data of, of who voted, who didn't vote, who, who voted for me, who didn't vote for me, I, I don't want to even talk about it because I want real information as to, yeah, everyone in here is who gay and raise your hand. <laughs> so, but I mean, I want, I want real data for me to say yes. I want data to the why I lost instead of it's just issue one and two. It may not have been because there were a lot of ballots where people just came in and voted issue one and two and nothing else. That was definitely, that's already been established. So I want real data because if I'm going to have a strategy again, it's going to be because well, you've got to know why you lost. And you've got to know why you came in last. <laughs> so you're only going to get that from real data, I think. So that's my opinion. But anyone else have questions? Yes. We'll get you. Betty, you mentioned that um, if, you, if you would... Um, it, that you would like to measure things and you yeah. would do it differently by measuring things mm -hmm. and possibly be measuring as you're going along. Yeah. What kinds of things do you think you need to be measuring? Conversations with people. Okay. Um, I know that I had 411 conversations out of 4,750 something. I know that. Um, some of those could have been, you're Republican, great, give me the flyer. Mm -hmm. Some of those were, we had really good conversations. To me, I want to measure how many people I can get in front of that don't know me and that I can convince. And here's why I convinced them. So I had three people give um, where I went to their house and just had a round table. And one of them was, we're just going to have a couple neighbors over. I said, great. We're just going to sit outside. And I said, wonderful. So I'm sitting there, and there's five or six people there, which I thought, okay. By the end of the evening, there were 20 to 25 people in the parking or in the garage or in the driveway. They all brought their lawn chairs. What was awesome was it was a long kind of court, and they're just neighbors. They all know each other. And we started having conversations. Before you know it, I'm there till 9.30 answering questions. That's what I needed to measure. That would have been what would have made me have some success. None of those people knew me except the person hosting. But one, two, two of the neighbors came to her and said, I've never thought about voting for a Republican until now. I didn't realize they could think like that. <laughs> okay, good. Yeah. But that's the measure. That, that's what you'd want to see happen. You know? So... That's what I would rather measure than I got to 100 houses, go, go eat. I ate at the Gahanna Grill. <laughs> I bet you once a week. <laughs> and what was great was, again, in the support systems, they couldn't, there's a couple who couldn't get out and work. And when they said, how many times do you go to the Gahanna Grill? I said, we're there like once a week at least. So every Friday night, they started having dinner for us. So we would have a home-cooked meal 
after we walked and got through. They did. So the first night we come and they had like a big bone-in ribeye. This thing was, I mean, four of us ate it. It was that big. It was, it was awesome. I said, I'll come back because <laughs> this food was amazing. Next week we had hot dogs on the grill. But, but, at the, but I mean, it was, it was great. But then they, they said, we're with you. We just can't physically walk. But we would have our neighbors in and, and let them talk to you. You know, and that was what I would want to be a lot more about because Republicans are going to vote for Republicans and Democrats are going to vote for Democrats. But after the 2020 election, most people, not most, but the majority of Gahanna now is, is on, they don't affiliate with either party. They don't. So you don't know kind of what they do and what they don't do. So that's what I would measure. Big Yeah. Yep, that that would be the heart of it. Would you agree with me, Tom and Jim McGregor and Nancy? <laughs> you know. Okay, Sherry jo- Cheney Jones. So my question is somewhat of an observation, yeah. and that is, you were you were asked to run, which most women that go into politics are yeah. asked. Yes. Um, yet there's a difference between doing something because someone asked you and doing something because you set the intention to do it, and you have your right. why. Yeah. But I'm just curious if, in hindsight, you think if you did choose to do it again, it would be different because it would have been your choice and yeah. not kind of at someone else's kind of urging. Yes. So, so if you've known me for most of my life, until 20, 2017, I loved politics until 2017. Okay. I loved it. I was a big Reaganite, the Reagans and all, yeah, it's into all that. And so I always have loved the conversation, but you can't have that now. So I've kind of got, but so I've always had a passion about it. And I love being involved with things in Gehanna. Um, but probably, I mean, when I, I really need to think about that because the mayor was, you know, and, and I felt like we need to support her. She, it, was, it was more about someone asking me than I'm going, I'm going to do this. And there is a difference in that. Maybe I would have not come in last. <laughs> no. But I mean, that's a great question. I mean, I've not thought about that side. I haven't thought about that side. Interesting. I will think on that. I might add that to my... <laughs> good, good question. Anyone else have questions? Yes, Teresa. So I have a, a bit of a, a little story. I dog yeah. walk with two other women. One yeah. is very far left. One is kind of in the middle Democrat, and I'm Republican. So we started having some debates, and then I learned who I can't debate with because yeah. they're never going to change their mind. Right. Um, so given that perspective, you knocked on doors where you hit people, or did mm-hmm. you knock on Democrat doors when yeah. you were told not to? Yeah, no, you, so when they give you an act, yeah, they don't go, stay away from Democrats. <laughs> they don't do that. <laughs> Democrats are not the enemy. Independents are not the enemy. It's just these are citizens and voters. And so when you got an app, it does tell you, it does say, you know, these, these, this independent has voted this way or that way. So, so they, they are likely, first of all, they're voters. So you're not, you can't go to all 14,000 houses or households in, in Gahanna. So you got to go to, to places where people vote. You got to go to those homes. Um, but they were plenty where they were Democrats. And so you would, I would, when you, I love, when you could finally have the conversation and get in there and have a conversation and you loved it, the number one thing you heard every time in Guyana just about, what are your concerns for the city? And and there was usually not a lot of, the city seems to be doing fine. However, I'm really irritated with the schools. We heard that all day long. I just got my new property tax bill. I'm going to be taxed out of Guyana. 
So I, I would say, I'm not running for school board, <laughs> but I know some people who are. If you really want change, because I believe in a school board that has got different viewpoints, not all one. That's my problem with, with it. We have five people who love education, love school. They all think exactly the same. The city doesn't all think the same. And so what was heartbreaking was you kept hearing that over and over again. And when the election night was over, the same people were in office for the school. But we heard that from anyone and everyone. The school, the school, the school, and the taxes are out of control on that. So as much as you thought you were making some headway and having some debate and having some conversation, no one, it didn't happen. So, but the debate is what we have to get back to. Having conversations is what we have to get back to. And if somebody is not like me, it's okay. But I don't need to be silenced and I don't need to be quieted. But I'm never gonna be offensive. But I wanted to have a conversation with you. So. Yep. Anyone else? Yes, Katie. Yeah. <laughs> so earlier today, we recorded another podcast episode. Spoiler First alert. Of all, she's my marketing person. This is her job. So <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Um, and you talked about the early days of your career. So I'm curious which one of these 10 lessons that you talked about tonight would have made the biggest impact on your early career days? Um, knowing my why. I, my why back in the day was earn, 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 provide, 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 get the next house, get the next car. I mean, that was, the, that was always the driver. It's not a bad driver, but knowing the why would be the, the lesson I wish I would have known more when I was 20-something, you know, for sure. And then not just go out and hustle, go work hard, it'll all come back to you. How about step back and strategize and look at what you're doing and why you're doing it? That would be what I would really wish I would have known more of. But I grew up under Joe and Lois Wilson. You were taskers, man. <laughs> you're 14. You're filling out your work permit and because <laughs> you got college to pay for. When college is over, you got to go out your first car. When the first car is bought, you got to get a job. You're not coming back home. And if you do come back home, you're going to pay rent. And it was just this process. Cartoons were not a reality in our household on Saturday because we were raking leaves and earning money, okay? It was just that way. So I, we, I was raised to be a tasker. And, and you didn't strategize. You didn't, you didn't talk about why you're doing something. So that would be it. Good question. Yes. I'm vocalizing for somebody else. Just oh, okay, for, for a friend. Okay, good. But I'm asking for myself, yeah, too. Yeah, okay. So what is that why, Betty? The why for which one? The, now. The, the now? What's the, what's the why the now for me is, as it's, of course, I'm a, as you know, I'm a CPA. I'm a business owner. When this country works, the world works. Call it what you want, but the U.S. is number one. And when we work well, the world works well. We are the light. I don't care what you say. So what makes it work? The marketplace is a big factor. It's a big factor. When businesses run well and businesses are good, <laughs> you've got employers, which means they have employees. Those are people that you are making sure have provision. And those provisions are households which form our communities. And I play a part of that in accounting. That's the real why. That's the behind it. I don't just do your QuickBooks, although I do. I don't really care about doing taxes. I have people that do them. But 
why I always say. But I mean, I mean, the, the tasks over here are all there. But when I started going, when this marketplace works, it, the country works. And, and it's, it's crucial. It's crucial. The one thing since the pandemic, you know, the first six weeks of that pandemic, I was on the phone daily for hours with people panicking of what's next. But what I loved about 2020 and 21 and even 22 was the resilience of the marketplace. All these institutions are going crazy in a way, <laughs> but the marketplace is intact and they're still doing it. They're doing it with inflation. They're doing it with, I can't even I get a loan right now that's not 9%. I'm a truck driver that's paying $6 for gas, but I'm still doing it. And it hasn't really hindered. People have gone out of business, don't get me wrong. It's been hard, but people are still moving. We were just talking about that today. So that's the why, that's the drive. Yes. Regarding your answer, I, um, I'd like to know, because you, and I agree with you on a lot of things, but yeah. so, you know, if the country works well, the marketplace, but can you break that down for city council? What, way, what ways the city council do you think you could have affect the marketplace? Right. So if you want a good city, you need two things. The heart and soul of your, of your constituents, you know, you got to have good people that, that are taken care of and represented on council, but they, we need good people. You know, and your city is only as good as your people are, in my opinion. But the second piece of that, what, what makes the difference in a city is economics. It pays for the roads. It pays for the schools. It pays for the things that you need. And when economic, is, when, when economic development thrive and people are coming and we are getting, Intel has changed Ohio, right? It's not just changed Licking County. It has changed the entire region. So city council-wise, you have a budget. Everyone goes, you've got to balance the budget. It's the law, so get over those things. But what are you going to spend your money on? Right. You know, and there's only so much money that comes in. It's got to be spent well. So I felt like I could have added to that. The other thing was we've got to do anything we can to make sure development of businesses and those owners get the support they need because that's what's going to drive a tax base. Don't raise my taxes. Bring in more good business that will pay ta a fair tax. So that was one of the things I talked about. Sure. Anybody else? You know, yeah, Todd. You came in last. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, but you didn't. You were the last to enter. I was. Race, I was. And you didn't have much time. It was only like two months, and you yeah. did a wonderful thing. We had an open slot that we needed somebody, and you stepped up. And so, you know, I think you're to be commended. To, oh, I mean, thank you. you. Gave it a try in a very short period, and they had. Two years, a year and a half. Right. They had a machine that, yeah. that's run by unions and right. organizations, and right. you're Not one person that went up against that. And I don't think you did so bad compared. I didn't. When I when I sat down and looked at what did I learn from this and, and step back and look at it, it's like um, one, one run doesn't mean it's over, but it also is. I I didn't do as bad as, as I come across. Uh, and my mom, you know, she was hilarious that day. Um, but she said, well, you need to stop working anyways. I said, I learned from Lois Wilson. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do look at the fact I was tenacious and I went out and I did it. I mean, Jill, you know, I mean, you're tenacious. I mean, Jill didn't, Jill, what did you, you ran for state senator house? State house. State house. house. Yeah, okay. I mean, she doesn't need it. She's got a great business. She's done her stuff. She's done life. She doesn't really need to do it, but she went out and did it. I mean, and so I, I did, I think, I think for the amount of time, and my husband said, had you done, decided this in April or May, first of all, I think he would have said no. I don't think he would have been into it. Um, and so 
but I, don't, I could I shouldn't say that, but it could be. But if I would have had the summer and I would have had the timing, it would have been different. But I don't know that I would have had enough one-on-one at houses. You know, I don't know that I would. I still would have been really productive with the app and getting to those houses. I think. So now I really learned that. I think. But thank you. I appreciate. It. I, th- I appreciate your kind words. So. It was. It was. If you tapped it really hard, it worked. <laughs> Sometimes you had to do that. So <laughs> it was what it was. So anybody else? In the, we'll wrap it up, though. I got to go home, too. Yeah, go ahead. Um, marketplace opposition, yeah. dealing with your competition. Um, what did you learn about your competition that you can apply or help other, advise other people to apply for future runs? For future runs? Um, <clears throat> the biggest thing I would tell you is that, um, and I don't, I, I'm going to say this, so you need to correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe in 2016, leading into that, Gehanna had always been a stronghold with Republican leadership and conservative leadership. And I think we had, I think there's 15 elected positions in Gehanna, and 12 of them were Republicans, and now we have 12 of them as Democrats. And what, what I would tell you is it's a long game. It's a long game. So if you really want to change and you really want to be it, you can't just look and go, well, we didn't win this. Well, this won't do anything. Do you want common sense in your leadership? Do you want a marketplace that works? Do you want your community to be safe and have police and all the things there? So it's a long game. It is not a short-term raha moment. And you have to look at it. And so... You might win one more seat, and then you might win one more seat, and then you might win one more seat. But I would still tell you, the council that we've had this last, I think, two years probably, was a very balanced team, or a very balanced political, you know, it's half Democrats. It's really one more Democrat than Republican. They worked well together. There was a lot accomplished that was good. Okay, I mean, Nancy's on there. She's going, you have no idea what we go through. No, but I mean, I mean, tr- honestly, they, they did a lot of things under, under and the mayor, you know, and, and when you look at it, the mayor actually won her seat pretty handedly and, and in a year of, of emotional issues. Or, not, that's a bad way to say that, but you know what I mean. But again, for her, it, it was the long game of not just the first four years. It's, she was already thinking of the second four years, and she just has this mapped out plan that's a long-term vision. And I think that's the number one thing you have to look at. This is a long-term plan. And, and, it's, and you've got to find the right people. You've got to find money to do it. It's expensive to run. Am I right? <laughs> you guys are all shaking your heads. You know, it takes a lot of cash flow. So it's a longhand game. And so to me, if I would ever consider it, I'm going to fundraise for a period of time. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to go into it like, I'll just use my money for right now. I hate asking people. And then finally I went, I'm going to ask people. And I mean, honestly, that was another thing that I didn't say about my value was I put out an email to my NABO, my OWC, my uh, uh, women in business. And I said, I'm running... I, I really need some money. I raised about three thousand dollars in twenty four hours. People didn't even hesitate, but I didn't ask before because, well, you know, rocking off the pocket out, you know. I don't want to add, you know. So those are the things you learn. I mean, for me, it's going to be if I do this, it's a long game of I got to raise money, I got to get a network, I got to have my team around me that really knows how to run a campaign, and they need to be able to tell me what I need to hear, not what I want. And that, so anyone that wants to run up against any of it has to think in that way. Definitely. I don't know if that answers your question, but okay. 
All right. Yes. I've got one question. I just have a, a, yeah. a, a point to make. As you ponder going into the future, yeah. I, for one, think you'd be a fabulous city council member. Thank you. And um, just keep in mind that Joanne Davidson, who obviously became our first female speaker of the awesome. house, who is a rock-solid person who's made so many great decisions for our state, right. you know, she <clears throat> lost her first city council race. Okay. So, so just something to keep in mind. I'm just going to be the speaker of the house. I'll just go right there. <laughs> Take it on. <laughs> no. Yeah, Betty Cotton. Yeah. <laughs> I would think just accomplishing the uh, the the campaign is a victory in and of itself too. And it, it was. I mean, it was something really phenomenal to go through. Um, my kids even said, my Bernie Sanders son, you know, he was laughing. But my kids were like, "Mom, I, I can't even imagine doing what you just did." So so it did it did inspire people around me to go, "Wow, you really were serious." I'm like, yeah. I just spent a boatload of money. It's not my. I could have been in Naples like four times. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> could have been in Naples four trips, but no, no. So, well, I appreciate all your indulgence tonight. I really do. I think that you're here. Um, we just got work to do, in my opinion, for just the world in which we live. You know, it needs to be changed. But I'm 60, and so I feel like I've missed my moment in some ways. I know. I'm, I'm bragging. Sorry, Todd. <laughs> yes. No. So. Well, please hang around, because if I have to go it means if I go home, i got to put kids to bed. So if you hang around. No, I'm just kidding. Thank you. Thank you for coming. I appreciate that. All right. You got, you're very generous, all of you. Thank you. More about inspiring women can be found on BradyWear.com, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Thank you for listening.